Today on Pop Vulture, we're talking turtles. Cowabunga, dude! guys i'm aaron i'm john and we're talking about our favorite well my favorite thing uh we're actually going to do this for the second time isn't that correct john well, all right i mean let's just put it out there right now that me and aaron have already sat down and recorded a whole episode of this which i definitely got too drunk when we did it and forgot to arm the tracks so nothing was recorded thank god because i could be incriminated for a lot of the things i said that time so this time we actually have the tracks armed we're gonna make a podcast about turtles for you guys and i couldn't be more excited about it i don't know why you're blaming booze you didn't arm the tracks before you started drinking that's a good point <laughs> and it went on for hours too you know we took some breaks i drank some jameson i locked the keys in the jam space i had to kick the door in so we're going to try not to get a repeat of that, but we are going to try to recapture the fun we had that time. Yeah, I mean, we've already thrown the keys outside of the room, so they can't be locked in. Yes, the have. booze is left outside. That's it's, not fair. We decided that, you know what, we can't do it in the evening because we'll both get drunk. So yeah. let's do it first thing in the morning, so that way everyone gets an opportunity to hear this and not just me and you. I agree with that, and I just want to let you guys know that before we get going, just because we're kind of doing our podcast now at 10 o'clock in the morning does not mean that I won't be getting drunk on some of these podcasts. I just have something to do today, so I'll probably stay sober for this one. But moving forward, you can probably expect some wackiness and zaniness from myself. And I would assume once in a while, maybe you. Uh, yeah, so what, what he's trying to say is, in the link, click on it to purchase the Pop Vulture drinking game, which <laughs> I think it's hitting stores at the end of the month, just in time for the holiday rush. Sure is. All right, so all serious. Well, no serious, actually. It's Ninja Turtles. That's right. We're talking turtles. So... For you, Turtles is different than it is for me, even though we're like the same age, basically. But we're not, though. Like, there's about an 18-month difference between you and I, and that's so big when you're young, you know? So when Turtles came out, I think I was maybe a little more aware of it, and I don't know if I ever really got into it as much as you did, but I loved it, and I was down with it. But I think around 89, 90s, where you really went Turtles hard... And I kind of was there, but I really wasn't. You know, you were getting all the toys. I really didn't own any of the toys. I just got to play with your toys when it came to the Turtles. Oh, I was hardcore Turtles. Yeah, I would say by 89, I was still just a, a little guy. But I loved Turtles. Turtles was my favorite. It was my jam. The thing that I, I wanted to watch, I wanted all of the Turtles toys. I wanted everything Turtles, like the jammies, the, the footy pajamas, the blankets. And they had them for sale. Oh, everything. They you marketed the shit out of the Turtles. Oh, yeah. It, it was worse than anything I can think of now. It was literally just Turtle, 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 Turtle. Right. And, you know, by the end, it was just obnoxious, the kind of things they were coming out with. And, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the podcast, but... That was definitely where it got a little bit like, okay, maybe this needs to die. I never felt that way. I, I did I for a little turtles. while. I'd say late 90s, I was like, I'm done with this thing. They brought it back a little bit, and I got to share it more with my son in the 2000s, which you know we'll talk about as well. kind of brought me back around to it. And then Michael Bay took hold of it and ruined it again. <laughs> fair is fair. <laughs> yeah, right, but, exactly. I mean, you know. 
So for me, let's go back. The first thing that I think of when I think of turtles is uh, my birthday, 1989. Uh, um, I don't know, seven years old-ish, about to turn seven years old. And uh, I knew what my present was. I had to sit and wait. My birthday is a few days before Christmas, and anyone who has a birthday that close to Christmas knows you get royally screwed. Whether it sucks. Not, unless, of course, you don't celebrate Christmas, then you don't get to enjoy any of it anyway. You have you know other things that you do on that day. Right. But for us, we, we still got Christmas presents. Uh, I believe you and our sister already knew what they were by that point, so you probably knew what my birthday present was. <laughs> I did not know what they were. Well, me and my sister were like sleuths. And we would like sneak in and just break a corner open on the present to try to see what we were getting for Christmas, you know? Oh, give yourself more credit than that. I know I know our sister was in there with a hair dryer, taking the tape off, right? Unfolding it, you know, Mission Impossible style, yep. checking it out, making sure there were batteries so that you could have them and then folding it back up and taping it and hiding it back in the closet for or, or sometimes realizing that they didn't get batteries for it and going to the store, buying batteries and Taping the batteries inside the package as if my mother and father had done it. Well, listen, batteries not included. It's not just a movie. Is it a good movie, though? That's the real question. I don't know. You tell me. I've never seen it. No, why would I watch that? Yeah. Short, Short Circuit was my movie. What? What? Okay, just I don't care. I don't care if I go off topic here. When the hell did Batteries Included come out? Batteries Not Included. When was that even released? Should uh, I just ramble while you Google it? Is that what you're looking absolutely. for? Absolutely. You should definitely do it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So now that Disney has their Disney Plus thing... All of these movies come up, and you're like, I know I watched this. Oh, right. Like uh, The Flight of the Navigator I saw on there. I've never seen that one either. Never seen it. I was told as we were going through it by my significant other, um, my wife, that I, I should watch it. And I was like, oh, I put it on. She's like, no, you shouldn't watch no, it No, you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> you shouldn't watch it now. Oh, you should have goodness. watched it when you were a kid. And that's around 84, right? That movie came out 84-ish? Flight of the Navigator? Yes. I don't know. I've never seen it. So Why would I'm, I know that? I'm just trying to bring us back to the turtles somehow, you know what I mean? Before well, we really we... go too far off. Well, then why don't we go back to Batteries Not Included? Right, exactly. 1987. 1987. What comes out in 1987? The Turtles cartoon. The Turtles cartoon. Well, the toy line. The toy line line cartoon to sell toys, which was a big thing in the 80s anyway. Every every cartoon that was released in the 80s was made to sell toys. And looking back, it was like super corporate evil, but I loved it. I loved that every cartoon that came out, I could... I had a chance to get one of those toys from every one of those, every character. He-Man, they had every single character. Transformers, they had all the characters. You know, everything had an action figure. That was awesome. That's what made it great. The exactly. fact that I could play with my my Ninja Turtle and watch the Ninja Turtles on TV at the same time, I was inspired by the show. Right. I mean, I didn't have a Technodrome, but I was inspired by the show to play with my toys. We all wanted the Technodrome, but we couldn't have it, you know. I didn't know anyone who had it, did you? Uh, I've never even seen it when I was a kid, honestly. I didn't even see it on store shelves when I was a kid. But we didn't live near a mall, so we wouldn't be able to go see those kind of things, you know? No, we were at the end of the line, you know. The end of the world, as they call it. I want to take it back, though, because we're talking at the very beginning of all this. It starts off with Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Yeah, so this is, as a kid, know nothing about this. Right. This is something that you have to figure out as you get older and go, wow, where does this come from? It doesn't just come from Playmate. It comes from somewhere else. Yeah. And so we have, conveniently enough, Eastman and Laird, who are from our hometown, well, not hometown, but our home state, who come up with this awesome, very dark, very violent comic book. But almost satirical as well. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of almost riffing on comic books at the time. Yeah, uh, the, the story is, right, that Laird and Eastman had their 
their comic book production company going on. I forget what they call it. They called it Mirage, Mirage because yeah. it wasn't a real company. Because they and, don't have an actual business, right? Right. And you know, one thing I do want to put in here is if you haven't seen the the toys that made us on Netflix, there's a great episode about the turtles, the toys, and about Eastman and Laird that you should definitely check out. That's on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. There's four seasons. There's a bunch of different shows about different toys from mostly the 80s, which is really awesome. But they talk about how when they first met, they like they were like soulmates. Not in like a lover's way, but like a platonic... Creative way. Creative way, exactly. And they moved in together, and they started their own company called Mirage. Which is great. I mean, it's, such a, it's a good name for a place that uh, that's not actually a store. because well, it's, it's, it's not a studio. It's an apartment building. Yeah, so they come out, and I know you've read these. I've read them. They're great. Yeah, we did that when we did the research before we did the episode that never happened. Well, that never happened, so did we do the research? Ooh, it's here. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, uh, there's only a little bit of red, so I didn't do much research, <laughs> said, apparently. Oh, what do you know? It's one of our podcasts. Um, <laughs> but no, so we go back, and, and you read them, and they're, they're great. Oh, they're real. They're dark and gritty. I, I loved have, it. I have a young kid now. He will not be reading them. Right, and Shredder dies in the first issue. I just want to, like, that's one of the biggest things. that He's, like, he's dead in the first issue. Well, right, because they're only going to have one issue. Right. So it was like, fuck it. Let's just kill the guy off anyway. But that first issue sells like crazy. It I sells mean, out, right? What, what did they say? They made 5,000 or 3,000 copies, I think is what they said. And like within a couple days, they were calling back saying, we want 50,000 more. And they were like, oh, my God, we're legends already. We're celebrities. Well, it's one of the, uh, the most well-received independent comic books uh, uh, certainly up until the point. And then we, we get some that go. And which is, you know, they didn't but. delve a lot into like um, how that even happened. You know, like how, like if I went to a comic book store and said, I have 3,000 copies of this, will you take it? Would they just take it and sell it and it would sell out like that? Like that's just well, if so. You, if you had the relationship with the store. Right. I, mean, I think that's what it's like. You know, if we were kids and you went to Matt Sports Plus, uh, he would have said no. Well, I guess so, right, because they were comic artists anyway, already. Right, and they were just getting together and coming up with that. And they were just, like, talking bullshit when they made the turtles, too. Like, you know, they're just one draws a turtle that looks ridiculous. The other one kind of goes and puts a bandana on it, makes it look a little more ridiculous until they finally end up with those kind of elongated, weird-looking turtles from that first comic. Well, it sort of reminds me of, like, if you go back and you look at the first episode of The Simpsons. Right. You know, sort of the Murmur Come here, yeah, boy. Basically, you get these like long, rounded sort of faces that are like overdrawn arms and super uh, crude animation. Yeah, and it was the same idea. They had tails. That's the Tracy Ullman. Yeah, Tracy yeah. Ullman show. The first whatever season or whatever it is. It was like three frames per second. You know what I mean? And it was not good. It's no, still not good. It's not even funny. I couldn't even see what it. You know, looking at that now, I'm like, what were they seeing? I would have canceled that shit after exactly. thirty seconds. I wouldn't let the whole episode play. Exactly. But that's the idea behind the Ninja Turtles. So you just take a great concept, you know, four turtles, they're ninjas, and they kick ass. Great concept. Yeah, great concept. It's it's ninjas, they kick ass. You add turtles into that who are teenagers and they're mutants? I mean, come on now. Just the yeah. name in general, like right off the bat, it's like, what the hell? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Because, bef- you know, at that point, you never heard anything like that before. It's not like, you know, go, go. Um, 10 years later and everybody's coming up with Cowboys of Moon Mesa and, you know, all these stupid names that are pretty much the same exact thing as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's a team. And they all have their own little ability. Right. They all add something to it. You know, you get Leonardo, who's the fierce leader. You got Michelangelo. Well, in the comic book, they don't have it, but... In the comic book, they don't, you know... They don't even have colors in the comic book. Right, and that was one thing... I, the comic book is cool, but the comic book would never sell 
to the masses because of how dark it was and how they didn't really have individual characteristics except for maybe their weapons and their almost indistinguishable attitudes, you know, around each other. You couldn't really tell which one was which. Well, it was still for the adults. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're not going to have kids buy it anyway. And you got blood and you got gore, you know. And death. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you have a lot of themes that you're not going to see for little kids, which is all the more impressive that they're able to take that, you know, IP and turn it into this super kid, super goofy, super sort of, I don't know, I wouldn't say funny. I mean, now looking back, it's funny. When I was a kid, I never really thought it was funny. It's just sort of silly. And turn it into this massive, massive thing where it's taking over the entire country. It's taking over the world, mind you. But that's a little bit later because what we, um, I don't remember what his name was. The um, kind of production guy who who went up to Eastman and Laird and said, "Listen, let me take this and let me bring this to a, you know a big company. Let's make some toys out of this and let's market this and make it because you know he saw what it was going to be and what it could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, for for somehow some way he able he was able to figure out like this adult thing, same idea, adult thing. It, we're going to turn this into toys. Right. Exactly. And, you know. So he brought that to toy companies. And was kind of shut down from a lot of them, but he found a company called Playmates, which uh, I, it wasn't Playmates who made that. Playmate, he's not. He doesn't find Playmates. So Playmates is that that Japanese company, right? So Playmates <laughs> gets involved regardless, and that's where things kind of take a change because Playmates is now going to be the company that can put some money behind this and produce the toys because they're a toy production company, and um. And then, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they put millions of dollars into this, into the campaign. It must, I think it was like $1.5 million for the cartoon. Yeah, to get it going. Right. Because you get those first five episodes. Yeah, five, five miniseries, right? It was a five-part miniseries, which they aired on TV almost repeatedly until they realized that it was a hit. And the toys were selling like crazy. I mean, now that, we're, we're in like 87 now. So the good thing that happens is when they sign the contract with Playmates is Eastman and Laird maintain creative control over it which i think was the main thing that they wanted when this thing gets big we control what happens we don't allow you know you guys to take it in a direction that you know maybe we don't want to see it going yeah and, and which is weird because they're like a, nobody they, they're nobody right and they're like i mean they're somebody you know what i mean in the, in the no like, i know exactly thing. well the thing is though that they're selling hundreds of thousands of copies of these comics so they have a little bit of, of leg to stand on but not to a company for millions and millions of dollars it was very smart of them and very i don't know more grown up to not just take that deal you know I me mean? if i could sell a song I, I, give me 20 bucks just to say i, could, I sold the song you know what i mean i don't need creative control but that's things you'll regret down the line yeah, it's the uh, it sort of reminds me of Lucas and his toys. Right. And the you know what? I'm just gonna keep the rights to the toys. No, no, it's okay. And they're like, no, no. And they're like, well, we're we're just gonna make sure that you don't fuck our shit up. Right. Which is great. Which is sort of um, you gotta give them credit for that. You, I give them credit for that. I also give them credit for not getting all like freaked out when they wanted to turn it into a child's property. You know, they wanted to take this semi-serious thing and turn it into something they could market to eight-year-old kids. Like me. Well, it, well, exactly, and that's the big difference there. Sometimes people want creative control, but they can't allow things to happen maybe that they don't come up with or that'll change their property to something that may almost be unrecognizable with the, with the belts, with their name um, 
insignia on it. You know, they have the, the, letter, the first yeah. letter of their name on their belts. Their bandanas are all a different color now, so we can distinguish, you know. They all get a different kind of personality, like we talked about before. Michelangelo's the cowabunga, hip kind of teenage dude. Leonardo's the, like, down-to-earth, you know, really into martial arts leader of the group. Donatello does machines, goddammit, you know. And, you know, Raphael is crude but rude, right? Is that what they say? <laughs> crude but rude, yes. Um, I tell you, that guy's voice, though, man. Listening to him talk on that Toys That Made Us thing, it, it was like, it's insane how much he sounds like Raphael. I mean, uh, duh, he's Raphael. But sometimes you watch somebody do the voice that they do, and it's like, nah, it's just, you know, it doesn't sound that great. This guy is like, wow, that's Raphael. Yeah, that's, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rob Paulson? 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 Rob Paulson. Yep, he also was Snowjob and G.I. Joe. And we all know Snowjob from um, the parodies. Yeah, from the parodies. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck are you doing on my lawn? Uh, he was Bubsy in the video games, poor bastard. <laughs> he's Pinky. He from was Pinky in the brain. Oh yes, he is. Yes, he's Pinky. And he's Yakko. And he's Yakko. So he did change his voice up too. But that Raphael voice is like, oh my god. Right. You think it's it's his voice when you right? Say exactly. It. Like if I had, if I heard him do, I didn't hear him do. But if I heard him doing Yakko, I'd probably be like, oh wow, that's cool. That's Yakko. But it it wasn't like that. Raphael was like, what the heck? This is the, he is Raphael. Right. You'd be like, well, he's just. Doing an imitation of the guy who does the Yakko voice. And that bothered me, just to take it a little further real quick, when the movie came out and they completely changed him to, like, yo, I'm a New Yorker, Jake me out of it. That was like, duh. But they had to, you know, they did that weird thing where they're like, all right, we have the comic books, and those are super adult-oriented. They're gritty. Right. Now we have this campy, sort of happy-go-lucky comic book-based cartoon. Now we're going to do a live-action movie and we have to somehow find the middle. And you know, it's almost to balance like, the tone. It's like, you know, Batman, you know, 89 Batman. They're trying to figure out, you know, how do we get between the two of them? And how do we do that? We make Raphael a uh, New Yorker. Right, exactly. In a trench coat. That's true. Now, um, when the, when the, uh, the cartoon goes on, because we are obviously more familiar with the cartoon. We weren't reading comic books when we were two or three years old when Turtles came out. I didn't even know Turtles was a comic book until sometime in the mid-90s, probably, when I realized that, wait a minute, this all came from a comic book? Because, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. You just kind of get what you heard. Oh, um, yeah. We were actually reading comic books, and you're, like, starting to see the connection between, you know, these characters and Marvel characters, like the Daredevil stuff. When you see that sort of stuff, and you're like, well, oh, that inspired this? Oh, that was a comic book? Oh, can I read? Oh, no, you can't read that. You can't buy that yet. Right. All right, I'll wait. Right, exactly. Now, back to the characters, because I do want to run through the characters just a little bit. The the TV show characters, not the uh, comic book ones. But in, in the TV show, we talk about Raphael. That's Rob Paulson. Obviously a great um, voice guy. You know, he's done a lot of big-time work in the animation world doing voiceover work. And I love Raphael in the show. A lot different than Raphael in the movies, like we talked about. He's like, I don't know, he's not... As cruel and rude like the New York Raphael from the movies, and I wouldn't know what he's like in the comic book, but I like him in the TV show. Well, it's hard to tell the difference between any of them in the comic book. Was he your favorite character? And who was your favorite character in the TV show? Oh, I was a seven-year-old kid. It's Michelangelo, Michelangelo, of course. Yeah, I mean, and Michelangelo was uh, voiced by a man named Townsend Coleman, who oh. also was the voice of Shredder and the Tick. He was the voice of I the, love tick. the yeah, Tick. Yeah, who doesn't was... love the Tick? Not the new one, not the crappy one on Amazon. The actual uh, yeah, cartoon. You know the cartoon that was like running in the nineties, right? Yeah, with uh, Chip and Dale. Yeah, 
And everybody, like, listen, who didn't love Michelangelo? I mean, he had freaking nunchucks, even though the nunchucks, that that was the worst weapon of all the toys, like, you know, that first one toys, because they were corny as hell. They didn't whip around. There was just one little plastic thing between two yeah, plastic things. It was horrible. No, the best was Leonardo. One thing I didn't like about the first one toys, because I, I do want to talk about them, but we're going to get back to the characters. First one toys, the weapons are all brown. Like, the whole thing. There's no, like, they put a little paint, made the sword look like a damn sword. You know what I mean? Hey, listen. They're just trying to make money. That's all they were trying to do. They're pumping them things out, too. And they were talking about, like, the Shredder toy on that Toys That Made Us thing. That toy is terrible. Oh, it's, it's He was talking about it like he was proud of, like, and I made Shredder crawl down. It doesn't even look like Shredder. Did you even watch the cartoon, dude, at all? Like, that first run, they obviously never watched the cartoon. Well, they didn't need to. Right. Just make turtles. Make them look like this. Here you go. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Donatello. Donatello was awesome in the cartoon. Donatello's, like, going back is one of my favorites. Yeah, in retrospect. I mean, I like, you know, the, I don't know, I like the, the academic guys that sort of, like, solve all of the problems all of the time. That's all, right. Yeah, nobody else could do anything with a computer. It was all Donatello. And he was voiced by Barry Gordon, who I have nothing on. Um, did Barry Gordon do anything? No. He, I mean, he may have done smaller characters. I didn't really find anything that he did. But it's there's no doubt that he's the best turtle in the um, NES game. I'm sure he loves his family. I mean, isn't that really what's important? Uh, you know what? Yes, exactly. Barry Gordon, your family, we love you, man. You did a great job with Donatello. You really did. But um, yeah, he's the best character. Well, I don't know. It's not my favorite the... character. No, no, best character in the NES game. Oh, easily. He's got the, the, the bow staff, which reaches forever. Yeah, it, it seems to hit everything. The hitbox for that thing is half the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Great music in that game, though. I'll tell you that right now. All right, now I want to talk about Leonardo, because Leonardo is my favorite going back. I like the leader qualities in him. I like his weapon. He's got the best weapon by far. Those swords are awesome. No? Yeah, they're all right. You're not a big fan of Leonardo, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just a dickhead. He's the man, dude. I mean, he's a dickhead in the movie. No he, one no one made him leader. He's just like, I'm going to be the leader because I have a sword. Well, Fuck you know off. what? Right, you're absolutely right. But in the show, they definitely lean on him more being the leader. They kind of make it obvious. I mean, isn't it, didn't they say it in the song? Yeah, they did. They Leonardo it. leads yeah. while Donatello's over there being a mechanic working on the fucking turtle ship or something. Yeah, it's stupid, all right? I don't care what the scene is. He shouldn't be the leader, right? It's like he's like second in command to Shredder. Oh, yeah, to Shredder, to Splinter. He is, yes. Especially Why? in the cartoon. In the movie, they make it a little more, um, you know, you don't really know who the leader is, and they're trying to fight about it. Like, whatever. We all know Leonardo leads the team. And in the, in the cartoon, he's voiced by Cam Clark, who also voices Rocksteady, um, and also voices Kaneda, or Canada, whatever they call him in the Akira version, the English version. I, I, I got to diverge a little bit here. What the fuck is Akira about? <laughs> Tetsuo, Tetsuo has like a tentacle arm, right? Okay, hold on here. Okay, now I love Akira and I've seen it like 40 times. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, like, really? It's about this kid named Akira who has powers and I don't know they freeze the powers in a big freeze tank and then this guy who looks like Hagar from um, Final Fight is fighting against this other guy who looks like Hagar from Final Fight but they're two different characters and that always screws me up 
And um, the kid's name is Kaneda. Kaneda sounds badass. And they, they call him Kanada the whole time. That makes me crazy. Um, and then their buddy Tetsuo gets hit by one of the, the creepy numbered kids. And the numbered kids have Akira powers for some reason. And Tetsuo turns into a giant uh, pulsing thing. organ thing and starts sucking Kaneda up and... Then lightning and guns and rocks floating in the air and giant, then we're done. Yeah, you're right. I love that movie. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know. All I know is the shit I remember from it, it's there's some sort of atomic bomb. Yep. There's like biker mice from Mars running around with squiggly arms hurting each other. Oh, the clowns. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Dude, that, okay, right. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but when, when Kaneda jumps on the moving bike and kicks the guy in the face and kicks him off the bike, do I need to know what's going on right now? This is badass. So it's sort of perfect for like what an action thing should be. I don't know what's going on, and there's all kinds of cool shit happening. It's like John Wick. You and know then, what I mean? Like pretty much, if you've seen any John Wick, I love them all. Do I know what's going on? They killed his dog. That's the last thing they told me. And now he's just been killing people for three movies. <laughs> just on a rampage collecting <laughs> coins, right? Isn't yeah, that what he's doing? It's like a video game. Something about the Continental. I don't know. I can't afford to stay in high-end hotels. Maybe that's why everybody's trying to shoot me. I thought the Continental was a breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> not, in John, not in John Wick. Anyway, whatever. But back to Akira. Because I do want to just real quickly talk about Akira. You're saying it doesn't make any sense. I'm knowing it doesn't make any sense. But so what? There's cartoon titties and blood and, you know, badass lights flying by everywhere. What else do you need? Uh, I guess seizures. And then, <laughs> then that's the end of the movie, right? <laughs> uh, but that that is the same time. I mean, that comes out in 88. Turtles is like on the precipice of ruling the world at that time. Because you know, when that five-part miniseries comes out, it's out for a while. People like it, but it doesn't blow up for a little bit. It takes some time to simmer. And then by 88, 89... They're on season two and three, and they're just rolling through. And I love season one, two, and three of the Turtles um, cartoon. Uh, well, I love the whole thing. Oh, actually, no, I don't like the end. Yeah, you, you know yeah. what? There's some things I don't like. They, the neutrinos, dude. Why? Could we just cut that episode? What the fuck is it? doesn't make any sense. It comes out of nowhere, and they're the most aggravating, you know, kind of side characters in, in, a, in a, um, a cartoon. Yeah, I think as a kid, though, even then, I was like, eh. I think we all were. Like, what the hell is this? Like, what are we doing this for? Like, exactly. Why Why are we doing this? Oh, I know, because you're trying to sell more toys. Right. <laughs> every episode. I mean, I like that every episode had a new character. I didn't like how that after every episode, I needed to go buy a new toy. Well, I, you know, I think that definitely, I, I would say it gets worse later in the seasons, you know, season four and five. They're just, like, forcing. They don't even they don't even harken back to the old characters anymore. Like, every episode is just new characters being bombarded. Look, we have new toys. We have new toys. And I'm sure in between you're getting commercials for those same toys. I remember cartoons back then when I was a kid. Um, I do want to keep talking about the characters, though. Uh, Splinter, who is a giant rat, voiced by Peter Renaday. And in the cartoon, he was a, 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 a human named Hamato Yoshi, who gets ooze spilled all over him and his turtles, and he turns into a rat, which makes absolutely no sense, but it worked for me when I was a kid. I was like, oh, of course he turns into a rat. He was touching a rat at the time, right? Yeah, obviously. That's how everything works. <laughs> rat a tat tat <laughs> Which, it's a little bit different than in the comic books, but you understand why they can't do it. In the comic book, um, Hamada Yoshi kills Arakunagi, which is Arakusaki's brother, because they're both like in love with the same girl. And so he has to flee Japan because you can't kill your own brother from the Foot Clan. Oh, so essentially it's the Karate Kid. 
Yeah. Remember Karate Kid 2 when he goes back and it was the same chick, something like that? Okay. Yeah, same, same plot. And yeah. then um, Arakusaki like, rises up through the Foot Clan and gets to take the post in New York and then comes back and tries to find Hamada Yoshi. Like, it's like 15 years in the future or something. Right. And then they he kills him. And then his pet rat is in the sewer, and that's oh my god! Dude. When you when we get to the movie, which we haven't got to the movie yet, but in the movie, when they show Hamato Yoshi going through his moves, practicing his stuff, and the freaking rat is doing the same things. Are you kidding me right now? That it's it's corny as hell, but I love it, and it's like so cute. I want that rat. It's almost like Yoda, you know, like Yoda in the Mandalorian. Who doesn't want a little baby Yoda that's flying next to them everywhere? I mean, I want that. Well, in case you haven't seen the Mandalorian, Disney Plus is free for seven days. Come on now. Well, well, yeah. So you can get three episodes in. Well, anyway, in the Mandalorian, they got a little little baby Yoda who flies around. He's the cutest thing in the world. Kind of like um, you know, the rat from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The rat's great. How else would you teach a rat? How to do kung fu? I don't know karate. I don't know. I think which rats one. are known for that though, to sit in their cages and practice crane kicks. Sitting in a bird cage, mind you. Like, why is he in a cage that's like hanging from? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> like a well, rat? It's so that he can see. <laughs> so he can see. And oh man, right? I wish this was a visual thing because I would love to just put it up and shit all over it as like the rat, the the rat, the puppet rat. Stop motion, right? Is that what? Is it stop motion? It's, it, it is. No, they right? really trained that rat how to do it. <laughs> It's the corniest thing in the world, and I ate it up when I was oh, a kid. Oh, it works. It was great. I still like it. but So there is a difference between the two. I mean, for the cartoon, it makes sense. Let's right. just merge the two characters. But that's because they weren't thinking, oh, we could make four more figures out of this if we don't. Right, and that brings me to Shredder, because I mean, it's just a good segue, uh, who's voiced by James Avery in the cartoon, and that's the same guy who voices Uncle Phil in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, you come on, Shredder's Uncle Phil. Why aren't we loving this guy a little bit more? You know what I mean? Um, well, because... I mean, we can't go too far on Uncle Phil. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to do an Uncle Phil deep dive right now, guys. Uh, that'll be the next episode of the podcast. Right. I mean, you don't want to spend three hours talking about all the different cases that Uncle Phil tried. Right. In, exactly. And in, in wherever they are, where are they? Uh, Beverly Hills. I have no Because he was a lawyer, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, no, he's, he, a, he's a judge. Anyway, um, Oroko Saki was Shredder. And we kind of went through his origins. But there's one thing I want to say about Shredder. I love him in the cartoon because he's like a bumbling idiot in the cartoon. Like they don't make him like this evil bastard. He's a fool and he's always making mistakes and he's always messing everything up. But he does have cameras everywhere. He's got cameras everywhere. The only place you don't see a Shredder cam is in the bathroom. And I kind of think there's probably a shredder cam in the bathroom, too. There's definitely a shredder you're, cam. There's more than one. <laughs> you're just sitting there. You're dropping a deuce. You think you're all alone. You're scrolling through your Facebook. All of a sudden, boom, a TV screen pops up right next to you, and it's Shredder. Hey. <laughs> I'm shitting right now, Shredder. What are you doing? Really? What are you doing? But I guarantee he's got cameras in the bathroom. Like, cameras everywhere. How does he pop up everywhere? Magic. <laughs> it's magic. It's got to be. It's got to be magic. I mean, I, I can't think of another way to do it. I mean, other other than just being like Facebook and just having cameras everywhere, that's the only way to really do it. Well, yeah. Well, nowadays it's a little different because there pretty much are cameras everywhere. But back then, only Shredder had the cameras. And I don't know where he got these small cameras to fit everywhere. And they all have TV screens, too. That's the other thing. There's a TV screen everywhere, too. Well, listen, the thing about Shredder that you don't know is he's a mechanical genius. He must be. Because, like, how else does he f- fix the body for Krang? 
That is true. Like, he how does. else is he to repair the Technodrome every fucking time? You know what? You are absolutely right because he does make that body for Krang. And that brings me to Krang. Krang is like my favorite character in the whole cartoon. He's the best character. He is amazing. As and an it, adult. As, <laughs> right. As a kid, I was like, oh, I hate Krang. I love Krang. I love all his lines. He's just he's like he's the best character in the whole cartoon, if you ask me. Yeah, the you know, they always seem to be catching him, like Shredder will call him at the wrong time. <laughs> like there's one where he's uh like just in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you calling me, Shredder? <laughs> And then they live on the Technodrome together. So it's like two and a half men with those guys. You know what I mean? It's, but it's a good time. It's some of my favorite scenes. I love every time it cuts to the Technodrome in the cartoon. I'm like, yes. We get to hear the banter between Shredder and, um, and Krang, which I think is awesome. Right. Uh, Shredder, you know, when they lose the power in Technodrome, we're out of power. And what does Krang say? Something like, uh, uh, did you forget to pay the electric bill or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you always had those like adult sort of oriented one-liners where I wish I could have watched them live as an adult, right? And not have any of the you know pretend preface as a kid because as a kid you're like, uh, what's he talking about? Right. And just for consistency, he was voiced by a man named uh, Pat Fraley, which I don't really have much on Pat Fraley, but I'm sure he's done other things. If you want to check him out, look him up. Krang. I mean, Krang well, is awesome. I mean, that's Ace Freely's brother, right? Something like that. Yeah. Hey, I'll do. Wow. No, that's Fraley, not Freely. <laughs> but it worked. Right. Um, uh, uh, April O'Neil, which is one of the characters, to me, was like, I, I just don't get it. Well, the thing that I always struggled with is she's dressed up like with a man with a yellow hat from Curious George. So are they brothers and sister? Are they husband and wife? And she just happens to live in a different part of New York? Like, what the fuck is she wearing? <laughs> a banana yellow jumpsuit? And so she's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, the whole time, she never changes, which is a little gross, you know what I mean? Oh, no, no, she does, because in, like, season four, like, she's, she leaves the turtles, and she she's, has, like, the brown bomber jacket. Yes, season more, more toys, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season four, by season four, I'm out, dude, I really am. Four and five do nothing for me. They, um, they just get too wacky, and you know around the time of that, just to take us off real quick, by the time that's going on, they're putting out the goddamn space characters... And all these terrible toys that uh, nobody really wanted, but they just kept pumping them out. Surfer dudes and, you know, Farmer Donatello. <laughs> well, they had the sports ones. You remember yeah, those ones? Yeah, I remember the sports. Yeah, I think uh might have been Michelangelo had the baseball outfit on. There was a football one, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Those ones I wanted. Uh, well, the ones I remembered having, because when we watched the toys that made us, they went through them, was the... The ones that folded out, you could like they went from a, a regular turtle to an actual ninja turtle. You could their all their parts were inside their shell. The ones that uh, the ones that switched, so it was like incognito turtle. So you'd you'd flip the head and back into the body, and it would wouldn't have the bandana. Exactly. Another one you'd switch back and like oh, because I didn't know this is a fucking ninja turtle. And right, and they you know when you turned them into a turtle like a, a ninja turtle, they looked ridiculous because they're all bulky and like you know to hold that step in the shell. Uh, anyway, and the characters, I just want to kind of run through them a little more. Casey Jones. Casey Jones fucking rules, dude. One of my favorite characters. Fantastic. Movie, cartoon, the the hockey mask. Casey Jones was awesome. I really, I wish there was more Casey Jones in it. Um, I've never really been that much of a fan. I don't know how. He's amazing. Oh, no, no, of The Grateful Dead. 
Oh. <laughs> I love this Casey Jones. Hated yeah. that Casey Jones. No, he was the best. I get it. I've, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> no, he's the best. I mean, come on. He hits you with a cricket bat or a hockey stick or a baseball bat. Like So good. And, you know, I don't remember who played him in the movies either, but I loved him too. I thought he was great. Uh, in the movies. Well, in the first one. Was, he in, was it the same guy in the third movie? Yeah, they bring they him brought, back. They brought right? Casey Jones back. Said, "Hey, want to make a couple bucks, buddy?" I mean, I'm pretty sure it was um, it's Chris Evans, right? He went from Casey Jones to Human Torch to, to Captain, Captain America. America yes, right? so you're absolutely Same right. Guy. Right? Or was it Chris Evans' father? No, no, it was Chris Evans. He oh, time traveled. If you remember in Endgame, he goes back in time. Is his father Bob Evans, the guy who makes like, the mashed potatoes and stuff like that? Oh, that's a good question. A you good, know, he's Captain got America. Kind of, right? Yeah. <laughs> Captain America, mashed potatoes is like holy Ma- American. It's like boom. It's like America in a goddamn microwavable cup. You know what I mean? America. <laughs> uh, no, it was not Chris Evans. Anyway, I know. Moving on. Um, I loved Baxter Stockman uh, as a kid on the cartoon. I don't know why, because he was like this wacky, goofy scientist. He ends up. T- I mean, it's a complete parallel of The Fly, the movie. But his toy was the coolest toy. Oh, it was the best toy. Like the, everybody had it. Was, it was in that first run, wasn't it? Was it in the first run? No, it's the but it was in the second run. run. Second yeah. run. But he was um, he was awesome. One of the coolest toys. Had the wings. Yeah. Had the big fly eyes. And you remember him because he created the Mausers. I oh, love the Mausers. Mausers because they're what do they do? They well, just the, chew at your feet. They are just fodder to be beat up and blown up. You know what I mean? Just like the Foot Clan. Obviously, they changed the Foot Clan into robots on the show because you can't murder people. But hell, you can cut as many robot heads <laughs> right. off as you want. If you added just a little, like, I would love to see somebody go back and just kind of edit over all the robot looking stuff and make it into blood and see just how violent and see how violent the show actually looks. Because it would be a pretty damn violent show if there was blood and gore and they weren't all robots. Oh, it'd be horrible. It would. I mean, it would be like a Rob Zombie film. <laughs> I mean, there'd be there'd be blood everywhere. Um, anyway, yeah. So, the Rat King is probably the last one I really want to talk about because I mean, there's really nobody left after that. Well, the I rat- mean, there's like nine thousand characters. That's when you start getting the, the crocodile guy and the, the mosquito guy, and it was like, all right, this is season four, here. season We're five. I mean, did they ever make Neutrinos toys? I've never seen them. I don't know if I've ever seen a Neutrinos um, toy for that. Thank God. No, I, I want one I now. Want now I want yeah, one. Right, yeah, one that never made it out to production. Now we'll have to see if I can find one. Exactly. You know, now we can just 3D print one. Uh, Dimension X. Love it. Dimension X. I mean, I don't know what the hell it is, but I like it. You know what I mean? Well, it's got all those rock monsters in right, it. Right, and that's where all the fun stuff, when like the Technodrome's in Dimension X, they bicker like husband and wife the whole time, Shredder and Krang. Like, oh, that's, that's the best. Because they're trapped there, you know what I mean? And then they get untrapped, and then they get retrapped, and they just go back and forth, and yes. you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yes, they do. And you know what I didn't write down in my, my notes for um, characters is Bebop and Rocksteady. Who that's I, okay. Well, I don't know. They're like my favorite characters. I love them. Remember how disappointed you were when Secret of the Use came out, and they had... Those guys? <laughs> Tokar and Razor or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Tokar and Razor. Oh. I know, but then that disappointment was offset by Vanilla Ice. Oh, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. I love Vanilla Ice. I mean, that used to be my ringtone on my phone. Was it really? My little old Nokia phone. All you could do is play Snake, and it took yeah. you three hours to get anything done on it. Man, I love Snake. I remember reading the news on those little Nokias, too. Like, I was, oh, I can actually access the news on this thing. Would You know, just... Three characters at a time. Exactly. Whatever, man. Scroll, scroll, scroll. No way. They made a trade in the NFL. You know, just stupid things that I could do on my phone was so novel back then. Well, yeah, but it was also like three days later. It was. It was. A, a couple things. Notes here. Later on in the show, maybe by the, the third season, they took away Michelangelo's nunchucks. Well, they, they didn't want kids to 
beat each other up with nunchucks. But, but you remember that when we were kids around this time, what was the best thing you could get anytime the parade came around? Like everybody wanted the nunchucks. I, I still want nunchucks. Right, you get the nun nunchucks are like some of the coolest weapons ever made. They get rid of them and they give them a grappling hook. Well, yeah, the grappling hook is lame. It is completely lame. Like, what the fuck is? So he's got a sword. The other one's got size. Yep. And the, and Donatello's got a bow staff, but he doesn't really use it anyway. He's busy on the computer. And right. And you get a grappling he hook? He gets a grappling hook, so he can grapple things right. with a hook. Yeah, well, can I get awesome. my nunchucks, please? Uh, nunch what the hell? Right, like, oh, uh, uh, well, I guess, yeah. It's, and it's because, you know, a lot of kids were beating the shit out of each other with the, with the nunchucks, but so weren't we. That was the fun of having nunchucks. Right, would you rather beat somebody up with nunchucks or your fists? Well, it's right, it's not like you couldn't buy me a grappling hook and I couldn't beat somebody up with a grappling hook too you know what I mean right what do you do you fire it once and then you go home because your grappling hook's done <laughs> not very useful right <laughs> I mean maybe I don't know what else maybe throwing stars exactly I mean, just, come on I'm just spitballing here what, what ninjas use it was total bullshit when they did that and you, you don't think about it until you go back and watch if you try to watch like season 3 and 4 and you're like wait a minute Michelangelo whose main thing is to have none chucks He's got a grappling hook, and they don't even use the nunchucks anymore. Absolute, absolute going back in retrospect, something that'll kind of bother you just a little bit. Well, just, um, just think they did it for the betterment of everybody. Exactly. Because now those kids who were watching Michelangelo use nunchucks, now we're using grappling hooks to try and fly through the city like that. each other with the string and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about Vern? Any thoughts on Vern? Uh, Jules Verne? Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Moving, <laughs> uh, moving into the toys, because the toys was the whole reason that the cartoon was even there in the first place. The whole reason any of us watched the cartoon. Exactly. Um, so let's take a little break right here. And on the other side, we're going to get into the toys, the Playmates toys, the ones we all know, and the ones we all love. Welcome back, guys. We're talking toys. Toys, toys. And not those toys you find in mom and dad's drawer. We're talking Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, buddy, I love it. We are, too. We're talking the 88, uh, excuse me, 87 line when they first came out with the toys. Because to me, when we start talking about these Ninja Turtle toys, that first run, the first basic assortment is just rife with um, nostalgia for me. The, the 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 shape of the turtles, everything about it, dude. I mean, what do you think about it? Does this is it the same for you? It brings back painful memories <laughs> yeah. of only ever being able to get a foot soldier. Oh, I know they that? had so many foot soldiers. It was like well, someone else just just leave maybe a Leonardo for me, leave a Donatello. Yeah, I wouldn't even have taken April at that point, but instead you just get foot soldier. I love it. I mean, we're both looking at the same picture, and it's just like oh. Everything except for the April toy, because I don't think I ever owned the April toy. I don't think I ever even wanted the April toy. It's corny. It's garbage. I don't like the April toy. But, man, do I love the shape of the turtles and how they each kind of have their distinct color. You know, like, one's got just a little bit different. Like, you know, um, Donatello's a lot darker. He's got kind of a different shade of tint. But then, you know, is it Michelangelo and Raphael are a little bit brighter. I just, I love it. And Bebop and Rocksteady look awesome in this in this. Um, first lineup of the toys oh they're great do you remember the splinter i do couldn't stand up 
No, it couldn't stand Unless up. Unless maybe I, I just wasn't smart enough yeah, to be able to no, do it. No, no, no. Because any see, you thought that toys would learn toy makers in general, but they always want to make these toys with the, the the bent foot. You know, like the bent foot never works, dude. Your feet should always be flat. Listen, you're making a toy. That's a fucking teenage mutant ninja. Right. It doesn't need to be realistic with arched feet. Just right. Flat. And you can see it looks like Michelangelo has one of those arched feet too, which probably made him a pain in the ass to stand up. You know? Yeah. Well, Splinter was a, he was all fucking heel. Yes, he, he was. was yeah, heel. and he had really long, weird looking feet because he's a rat. But what I did like about the Splinter toy was the cloth. Um, you know, he had the cloth garb, which was kind of cool. Yeah, him and Shredder both yeah. have that same thing. Well, I mean, you want to talk about Shredder because the Shredder one sucks. Oh, but he's shredded though. He I mean, looks, look at that. He's he's look, the, he doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> I know, but he's got the peekaboo robe on, so you can see his chest and yep. his abs, and everything else is not covered. But I just, I every other one of these guys, even the foot soldier, I yeah, that's kind of what they look like in the cartoon. Shredder looks nothing like that in the cartoon. You know how expensive silver paint is? <laughs> you know what I mean? And they gloated about the guy who made the Shredder toy. Oh, I made Shredder. I made him fit in the blister pack. Dude, he sucks. Shredder is the worst figure. He is worse than April O'Neil. And the reason is because he's nothing like his likeness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean... I, I can't defend it. I'm sorry. Let's just move on. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to. I had this like whole argument, but then I was like, nah. But that's the first... You know, that's the first release of them, and that was really cool. I, 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 that Those are the ones that bring the most fun to me. They also had some toys they released, too, in that first run, um, one of them being the Turtle Blimp. The Blimp. Which I Ooh. wanted so bad, but it's really, looking at it, one of the cheesiest toys ever made. It's a giant balloon with a handgun under it. Like for you, to, it, It's not cool at all. I wanted it so bad back then, though. Oh, no, it was so bad. You didn't want it, though? I mean, I wanted all of it. Of course. I mean, the party wagon with the sticker that says foot stinks on the side of it. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we had the party wagon. We may have. We might have had the cheese one that you get at, like, you know, you get, like, the $5 version, then you actually get the one that comes in a box. Yeah, well, you get the one that mom found at a yard sale. Exactly. And it's not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just Ninja Turtles? Yeah. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. There's not a lot of good stuff in terms of vehicles, just the blimp. Well, yeah, you had the blimp, you had the party wagon, which was decent. Other than that, that first run of um, vehicles was like, we need to get these guys some vehicles, so let's put out some vehicles with the toys. And that's Playmates trying to make some money, you know, trying to make it um, cool, I guess, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, they said, listen, we have five episodes. What do we have in those episodes? We have like a glider, we have a blimp, we have some like skateboard looking thing, and a, and a turtle wagon. Right. Let's do it. And you can you can see too, even like the second series, we moved from eighty eight to eighty nine, and now they're just pumping out toys in the cartoon. This is this is kind of um, I guess I still love this set too because I, I loved that Yosaki Ojimbo for some reason was like I want this toy. I always wanted that one, right? And we have the Baxter Stockman that we talked about, which I love. I think it's a great toy. The fly looks great. You get the Casey Jones in this one. You get that fucking Ace Duck who was what he was like on one episode on a show that they're watching for like 30 seconds. And <laughs> That's right, come you on. know they're really milking you, right? And the Krang looks terrible in this one. I mean, I want the Krang, but I don't want that Krang. I want the Krang in the giant suit. Well, uh, yeah. That's more I, the original Krang. Yeah, who doesn't want that, though? 
That's what he had before he like now that thing gets smashed right in one of the episodes, and that's why he ends up having to get the big suit. Well, he gets the big suit because he's trying to destroy everybody, right? He's trying to make me a body. Yeah, and then the body turns into like the fifty foot. All of a sudden, I know. It just like he finds a pin particle and now he can make himself large or something. I don't like that. That part just they just kind of breezed over. Oh, I I put a little thing in there so you can get really large too. Like what? That sounds sexual. Is this Viagra? Listen, well, was it a blue diamond? Right. And then, of course, you have these huge characters that have so much meaning to the series, like the giant guy who looks like a rock. I don't even know what his name is. You get the crocodile guy. You get Froggy McFroggington. Um, well, Metalhead is important. Metalhead, yeah. I remember Metalhead. Was he in one? He's in two episodes, right? I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> so the, um, one of them is General Drog, which is... Um, one of the guys from Dimension X, right? Yeah, he's the leader of the rock people. Right, right. The, I don't, I don't know what they're called. They're rock people. Well, they're robots, right? There's Rock Man, there's Bass, there's um, Proto Man, Proto Man, Guts Zero, Man. Guts Man. Yeah. Sorry, okay. different different thing. Uh, yeah, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> Pop culture is confusing. <laughs> but they, you know, I think in this set is uh, when we first get like a Mauser toy. I was really, I was like, what? I definitely want a Mauser toy. Yeah, but kind of you, cool, right? The Mauser toy is stupid, though. It is stupid, but it's what you well, Yeah, it's blue, first of all, and they're like gray. I want like a hundred of them, and I want them to be like three inches tall, and I want to be able to swarm the freaking the, the turtle base. But with them. you can't because they couldn't just release them as, like, if you look at them size wise compared, they're almost the same size as the turtles. Well, they had those stupid feet, like the robot feet that have that have to like walk one over the other, so they could never really walk. But they weren't. Um, they weren't like, uh, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. You know what? They were stupid. What do you want me to tell you? They should be small. There should be a hundred of them that come in a package. You can smash them and sparks come out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, let's move on. <laughs> they, they sucked. <laughs> I mean, really, they did. I mean, it was fun in the arcade game when you get to smash a shit ton of them. Right. But reality, yeah. The wind-up ones are just, all, of, all wind-up toys are terrible. Right, and I think, you know, after that, you start getting the crazy stuff. We're, we're in, like, the late 89, moving into 90. You start getting things like uh, the pizza throw, which I want. I think we might have had the pizza thrower at one point. Remember that thing? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. You could, like, shoot the pizza the right out of it. pizza discs. Yeah, those are great. They made – was that even in an episode? Did they, like – make one little screen of it in an episode, one little frame so that they could sell it as a toy? No, I think Donatello was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a tank that fires pizzas out. <laughs> and Mike Landry was like, whoa, 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 dude. Don't do that. Don't waste the food. And that was it. And this is when you start getting them putting out, like, now we get villain toys, like the Foot Cruiser. And the Foot Cruiser looks like the Joker drives it. It's purple. And it's, you know, they would just, they would sell anything that they could at this time. You get the plush toys. But you get, here, though, you get that playset. You yeah. get the sewer playset, which is awesome. Which is the second best playset they ever released. Well, yeah, but I didn't have either one of them, so I don't want to rate them. But we all wanted the Technodrome, and that's the one like that they didn't release, you know? Well, that one doesn't come out until later, right? The Technodrome comes out later, and, you know, you want to start talking about later, you start talking about the 1990 basic figures. And this is where shit just gets out of hand. And, it, like, it's getting ridiculous right now, you know what I mean? I mean, you get Slash. I remember Slash. But why is everything like a zombie and... Wingnut and Screw Loose and Muckman and Joe Eyeball. Like, you know it's going over the fucking top at this point. Tricera guy. I don't know, but I always liked Pandacon. <laughs> I always wanted that one. Really? Because I was a big Napoleon Bonafrog guy. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Well, I mean, come on. There's always Pizza Face. 
So, uh, yeah, Pizza Face. <laughs> a legendary character. <laughs> I think we might have had that one. I'm sure we did because he was a dollar then. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's when you start getting wacky with the toys. And, you know, we were all eating it up at the time. Then we got Space Turtles, like we said, and we've got Sport Turtles. And we've got, oh, Plumber Michelangelo. Isn't that great? And we've got Corporate Don. Look at him. He goes to work every day. And <laughs> Assembly Line Raph. Look at him. He works at Gorton's in 20 years. He's going to have a good pension. That's when I'm like, all right, you know, I think I've had enough. And I, at this time, you're eating it up. Oh, I love it. I want all of them. Right. You're eating it up. I'm enjoying it kind of through you more because I had my other things that I was into, but I was loving Turtles as well. But I knew this is getting a little bit ridiculous. I mean, by 92, 93, we're on season five. The show sucks. Uh, the toys suck. Even the movies start to suck. And I think that's a good segue to get us kind of into the movie, when the movie came out in 1990. 1990. Love it. Oh, this goes all the way back to the beginning of the show in 1990. Right. We're talking about how obsessed I am with Ninja Turtles. Then comes this movie, which I'm sure we went to go see. Uh, I don't know. We did, no, we went to go see it. I remember we went to go see it with a group of people, and oh. I loved, loved, loved this movie because what they did with the movie was they ramped it up a little bit more to be more in line with the comic book. It wasn't this ha ha hey ba 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 ba. It was dark, and every scene was dark, and it was gritty, and every scene was gritty, and it was teenage kids robbing people and stealing, and you know, just everything about it was what I more wanted the cartoon to be for me, you know. Because at this time I'm ten, eleven years old. I'm kind of like ah, you know, the cartoon's getting a little kid like for me. I want this movie to kick ass, and it did. Right. I want to see kids smoking cigarettes. Skating, rollerblading in a skate park. Exactly. Skipping school. <laughs> Badass. Right? That's what I want. That's what I need in my life. That's what, that's what we got. I mean, I need rollerblading. And you need weapons and people getting hurt. You know what I mean? And Raphael being tossed through a window. I love that movie so much. It wasn't easy for them to get it made either. No, that was a struggle. Well, who would make it? Right. They had to find an independent company like New Line Cinema who had had a lot of success with the Friday, uh, not the Friday, the Freddy Krueger movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Well, they needed to get, first they needed money, right? Mm-hmm. So they couldn't even find money for the show in the States, right? So they had to release the movie independently because uh, a big studio wouldn't pick it up. Everybody was kind of worried about the risk, even though right now the cartoon is dominating and the toys are dominating the market. Still, they don't have the confidence in it to make it. So they find a company like New Line Cinema to give them the opportunity to release the movie and make the movie. And um, right before they released it, they kind of did a screening, and they were really worried that it was going to bomb because of how much of a diversion it was from the cartoon that everybody knew. Well, it's a, sort of the same thing that you always get where you, you create this industry of people love this one thing, and then you're going to change it again, fundamentally shift it from what it was to this really dark, gritty thing. So the Batman thing, we go back to that because... Who doesn't love Batman? Right. And make sure we mention Avengers Endgame in this podcast because that's we, something we need to do every podcast, right? We already got it into it, but oh, okay. I, I have a I have a segue. I said, don't you worry. <laughs> uh, no, this movie is definitely dark and gritty, but they have to find, even before they get New Line to distribute, don't they have to go out and get they get the, the Golden Monkey? Is that what it was? Yeah, sure. something like that. I mean, who knows? I don't, I'm poor. I don't know where money comes from to make things. So, um, I mean, don't you just ask Dad? Doesn't yeah. Dad just give you the money to do it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Certainly does when you got that money, baby. 
Uh, get get yeah, that so, dough. And they go, but they start out, what, isn't the original budget like $5 million? Yeah, something like that. And then they're like, you know what, we actually need somebody to do something, so they get Henson. Henson pretty much took the whole budget to get Henson, and Henson's pretty much why the movie was successful, Yeah, though. worth every penny. Yeah, because you can see it. Now, Jim Henson, I believe, dies before this movie is released, though. Is this the la- yeah, this is the last, yeah, the last one, one he worked on, and he, he dies before it's released, really, or maybe it was right when it, he, uh, when it was released, somewhere around that time. That year. But right. I know it's the last one that he works on, right? It is, because in Turtles 2, right at the beginning, Secret of the Ooze, they put, you know, in memory of Jim Henson, and so Henson's company still worked on the second one. But... I mean, I wish they had dedicated the third one to him as well. Well, yeah, because maybe it would have been good. Yeah, that would have. But you can see it even in the second one. You can almost see, like they said, we don't really need to spend that much money on the puppets. Let's kind of change it a little bit, make it a little cheaper for us, and the puppets start to look a little bit cheaper. That's when we come into Turtle's Secret of the Ooze. That's the second one. The first one's super successful. Makes tons and tons of money. Um, just solidifies that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rule the world. They really do. That's coming off of... Um, it, it ends up being the most successful independent movie of all time financially. I know at the time. I'm not sure if that's been surpassed, which oh, it, it probably has. This is 1990, but still great. Then they come up with Secret of the Ooze in what, 91? Maybe a year later they get Secret of the Ooze out? Uh, it's ninety. So this is nineteen nineties. Was that ninety two that it comes out? I thought they were like every other year. I'm not really sure, but it's around that time. And Secret of the Ooze comes out. Ah, we're still into it. We're like, yeah, we're gonna go see a badass turtles movie, and we loved it. But you start seeing some little cracks in the foundation in this movie. You know, you start seeing the turtles don't use their weapons anymore. You know, all of a sudden everything is like a, a fist fight. You know, for some reason we're using. Um, the table, or we're using any kind of prop we can use other than our weapon because people complained about the movie. Parents complained about the first movie being too dark. They brought their kid to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the TV show, and they got into the movie and they were probably mortified. Shredder gets crushed in a compactor, you know what I mean, at the end of the first movie. Yeah, so what? But let's just not, you know, parents who are always overreactive had a problem with that, and that's why in the second movie you get a little bit more of a toned-down approach. Maybe they should have read the fucking comic book where he detonates a thermal grenade as he's getting thrown over the building. Uh, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think anybody besides comic people read the comic book. Well, the, the parents' fault. It's, they should be more informed. You should informed. do your research. I do my research. Exactly. It's a lot easier for you nowadays, though. You can just wiki. You can just wiki that shit. Oh, oh so they couldn't just pull up? The internet and just well, no, search. no, they couldn't. They could have went to their local library. Oh, they Al could Gore have gone through old yet. newspapers. Maybe if their old, if their library had old newspapers, this was back in a time when you couldn't get instant gratification at every moment from a, an electronic device. You know what I mean? Well, it sucks to be them. Then what? What do you want me to say? <laughs> it sure does. Anyway, the second movie. I really liked going back. It is a little hard to watch, but there's really cool stuff. I mean, Vanilla Ice is in the second movie. Need I say more? No, you know, we can stop there and just say greatest feat of cinema in the history. What of to make him the world. S- make him seem like he's good? Oh no, he didn't seem good in that. <laughs> he had like four lines, and yeah. that was the same line three times over. Yeah, yeah, dum dum dum, chicka dum dum, just just a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, but right. I mean, I, I do agree with you. Where he is the guy, he is the greatest. He's the best rapper of all time. He is the greatest musician of all time. I think it's pretty undeniable. I mean, yeah, they, they're, who's it, the Rolling Stones 
stole all of their stuff post him, right? Well, that's uh, they retcon that to where Vanilla Ice is the one who started the Rolling Stones, and oh, makes sense, makes sense. And he was the uh, the fifth Beatle as well. He may have even been. You know what? If I Vanilla Ice was the fifth turtle, that's what I would say. I don't know what that other guy's talking about. Vanilla Ice was the fifth Beatle. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I, I mean saw the fifth that. turtle. <laughs> Well, he's the fifth Beatle. Well, he's not the fifth Beatle. What you don't know is his pen name was John Lennon McCartney. Who's the guy we're talking about that we're shitting on? Mark Lorazepam. What's his name? Mark Lorazepam. What's his name? Oh, the guy from uh, Surge Licensing? Yes. Mark Friedman. Mark Friedman. I don't know where Lorazepam came from. I'll take another one, please, though. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the second movie, you can see it's starting to tone down a little bit. They don't give you Bebop and Rocksteady. They give you Super Shredder, which is actually Kevin Nash, who was Diesel, and he was a wrestler. Um, then the third movie comes out, and the third movie is pure trash? Is that what we call that? Uh, well, no, because you can't recycle that plastic from the VHS. It takes like a thousand years to break down or something, so it can't be trash. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I do, but why couldn't they have taken that movie and put that in the trash compactor instead of Shredder in the first one? You know what I mean? Just imagine the first movie ends with the Turtles 3 you know, trailer going in the crash compactor and being crushed and saying, you know, we're not going to ruin all your hopes and dreams and send these guys back to the samurai time. Because if you ask me, Turtles 3 is an abomination, a piece of shit on the bottom of my tennis shoe that scrapes across the ground repeatedly until it turns into nothing but just shit spread across my whole neighborhood, okay? That is how I feel about that shitty-ass movie. And I think the people who made that movie should still suffer because they ruined my hopes and dreams at the time and I, I got it when i saw secret of the use i said to myself you know what maybe this is going a little somewhere i don't want it to go but i didn't think they were going to take it that far into the bottom of the barrel of society but anyway i digress so anything else you want to add about turtles in time um the, fuck the name of this one was? <laughs> what is this is there a surname to this one like a yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Go fuck yourself, I think was right. the actual uh, tagline no, for that. I, I I do remember that, but they had to change it because parents are upset that there's right, turtles in yeah, there. exactly. You couldn't say ninja or you something? Can, I don't, oh, I don't no, remember. That's an, yeah, you know, that is one thing I would like to point out, that in Europe, you couldn't be Ninja Turtles because they had some weird European thing where you couldn't say ninja? Who? What? Well, think about what is a ninja. I don't know. <laughs> it's a turtle. <laughs> I don't know. Ninjas, they sneak around. They're cool as hell. They're one of the coolest things. Every kid wants to be a ninja. But not in Europe. Everybody in Europe wants to be a hero. <laughs> they called it the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. So we're all cool. And we're like, yeah, I love TMNT. And what are they saying? Yeah, I love TMHT. That doesn't sound right. I like THG too. Man, I'm getting riled up right now. I really am. I'm starting to, I'm starting to spark. I'm starting to feel good. Well, I mean, I don't know. Isn't a ninja just a spy? A really sneaky spy, yeah. Isn't With like... weapons. Right. So so what are we going to do here? Are we just going to change the name to something else? Well, my question is, I don't know if they've changed it. since. I'm sure that Europe has laxed a little bit since then. But, like, what would they call Ninjago? Uh, they wouldn't call it they Ninjago. They just wouldn't have Ninjago? Well, here's the thing. They don't have a... Per se, a problem with ninjas. It's the teenage mutant ninja part. So when you put it all together, right, you can't be a mutant ninja and a teenager at the same time. Right, like they're okay. Like if if you do this like artistically, they can be naked. Right, but if they're wearing ninja geese, then you you can't do it. That's craziness, huh? 
Well, listen, they just have, you know, they don't like people to spy. It's crazy, like, because you're in Europe, right, and you're eight years old, and you hear about this thing called the Ninja Turtles, and you look, and you get Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. But, you know, they're pretty lax in Europe about sexuality and things like that. So on one thing, you're getting some softcore porn as a kid, but you can't say ninja. I mean, there's something going on there. Well, you just can't have ninja porn. Is that what it comes down to? (laughs) You can't have teenage mutant ninja porn. You can have teenage mutant porn, but not mutant ninja porn. That's where we draw the line, you know? You can be a ninja, but don't be a freaking mutant. How about that? So Agreed. Agreed. Right. Now, were there any ninjas in X-Men because they couldn't have them over there either? Uh, no, no, they didn't do X-Men over there. Oh, that's right. No one did X-Men. No one. No one did X-Men. Not even Jack Kirby. Not even um, Jim Lee. Not even Stan Lee, damn it. You know what? Well, you can have that one. <laughs> uh, I, I gotta get out of the movies, because when I start talking about that third movie, it definitely sets me off. Um, you think? I, I thought you were like nice and calm and in control of I your emotions. I don't feel calm. I feel crazy. But we're going to take a quick break, guys. Try to sell you something, and uh, we're going to come back, and on the other side, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, the video games. Welcome back, guys. We're talking video games now. Really, we're talking about Ninja Turtle video games. Uh, something that uh, my brother and I spent a lot of time and a lot of angry, angry, angry moments um, wanting to break things. Without a doubt. I mean, there's no way to start it without starting with the first one that came out in um, 88 for Nintendo. First Turtles game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that is a fucking beast of a game. I love that game so much. I love the music in that game. I love um, I love the aesthetics of the game. I wish they kind of went with that with more Turtles games. But the game is balls hard. Oh, it's so hard. Fucking ridiculously hard. It's to the point of, like, complete frustration to, like... It, you you know that when you play that game, you haven't played it in a long time, you ain't getting through that water level. You know what I mean? You're going to die on the water level, then you can maybe come back and do it again. Yeah, no, I I don't know if I could beat that level. If you put it in front of me now, I couldn't beat it. It's tough. I, I might. It will take me some time to remember how to go through and disarm all of those fucking bombs. Ugh. But honestly, I might not make it to the dam. Yeah, you, you might. You not. only you get might, four guys. Yeah, you might die in one of the houses. Right, because there's those guys that you know, the like the clay things that stand up and sit down and like. Oh, what oh, my night. God. Every and there's so many fucking. Oh, so we're talking Nintendo. You get more than three characters on screen, and the thing goes slow. There's like twelve characters on screen, and the the game is goes to a crawl. It's so bad. Oh, it's miserable. It's there's the miserable jump, which the angry video game nerd talked about a lot. That just that one little jump that you don't even have to jump. You can walk right by it, but nobody thinks everybody tries to jump it and they end up falling back down to the level before. It's one of the most frustrating games of all time. It's it's up there. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever beat it. No, God, no. I've never even come close to beating it. I've got, honestly, without save states, I've gotten to maybe level four where you're going from door to door to door and you're in like Shredder's thing. And it's like, forget it, but I can't beat this game because by the time you're there, you got one turtle with one half of a block of life left. And it's going, beat it, beat it, beat it, 
BDD repeatedly driving you nuts. Oh yeah, the 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 thing they stole from Zelda, which was one, it was a trope of old video games to have an annoying sound to let you know that you're about to die. It's well, like it's, I I want to die at this point. You know what I mean? It's just building suspense. <laughs> like really, it's just building frustration and anger. It really was. But, I do love the game though. Oh my god, I love that. You know, it brings back a lot of memories because when it came out, it was like. God, we're playing turtles. You know what I mean? It was so fun. Right. It had the the allure of the turtles so much so that like the frustration of just constantly dying on the first level. Like I started the game and I just got ran over by a tank. Well, <laughs> there goes my Leonardo. <laughs> you Fuck. You know, right. And the thing is like, Donatello's by far the best guy in that game because his, his bow can reach so far. Yeah, you can hit the guys. So you take him level. immediately. Like, yeah, I'm going to have, boom, dead by a car. And you're like, okay, no Donatello for the rest of the game. This is going well. <laughs> right. Well, there, there, there were options so you could free them, right? Couldn't you find them? You can find them in some of the buildings, and you can free them, yeah. But by the time you get there, the other two turtles are dead. Now you got to decide who you want to bring back. You know what I mean? Always Donatello. Always, Always Donatello, Donatello. right. That. It's tough. That that game is so tough. And I, I've, I've, I've gone... Um, excuse me. I've gone back and watched, like, speed runs and stuff, which it blows my mind how good people are at that game and how they can do it so fast. I mean, I know they've done it a million times, but it's still fascinating to me because the game was definitely balls balls, balls hard. Uh, it's just disappointing because there's like nine or ten different things you have to do in that game that are like the perfect timing jumping sort of thing. Right. Like the when you're going across the, like the buildings on the grappling hook and you have to like do it just perfect. I know I can do it once, but I can't string together all of those in one run right. to beat the game. Right. It's, it doesn't matter how many times I try. It's got a super like Ninja Gaiden feel to it, that game too. You know Fuck what I mean? Ninja Gaiden. I don't know who made Ninja Gaiden. Did Konami make Ninja Gaiden yeah, it's too? Konami, yeah. Yeah, so that's what you get. You get that Konami feel from back then. But Konami made great games. Although it wasn't released as a Konami game, it was released as an ultra game. Because Nintendo had strict policies on how many games per year a company could release. So companies would make subsidiaries that were really just them again. Ultra games, which is Konami. So anytime you see an ultra game on a Nintendo game, it's Konami. But that leads us into t- t- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, which we first saw in the actual arcade. Oh, Probably at Chuck E. Cheese or something. That's one of the best. That is one of the best games of all time. It's just a beat-em-up, but man, was it amazing when you first got to play that arcade game. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like one of the first games that I remember playing for people. That and The Simpsons. Right. Well, that- it was about the same time they came out and both made by Konami, by the way. Yeah, where you could be like... Uh, I'm going to pick the purple one because no one wants the purple color. And little do you know that the purple color is Donatello, so you get the best character. Right. Well, yeah, you kind of get stuck. And that that did bother me about it, like where each one was specific. Why can't you just pick who you want as a turtle? I I, I grabbed the left controller. I can't just pick that I want to be Michelangelo. I have to be Leonardo because I'm on the first one. Come or on. you, you see that only Raphael's left, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. I want to just throw my quarters in the trash. Or, you know, you get to the game, and you want to play as Leonardo, but the Leonardo joystick is all, like, wobbly and doesn't even work, so you're stuck playing as freaking Raphael, oh, who has yeah. no reach at all with those little tiny size. Yeah, his hitbox is, what, like three pixels wide? <laughs> yeah. and you're like, what, the, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> like, if I, could, I got Mausers on either side of me, and I can't do anything. Yeah, it. he's definitely the worst one in the game for sure. Oh, terrible! But that game was awesome, and that game was like, oh my god, the intro, everything. Because in the arcade back then, it just blew away, you know, home consoles. So when an arcade port came out like that, it was like, oh my goodness, we loved it. We played it every time we went on a ski trip. We played it every time we went to Chuck E. Cheese, and I still play it. If I walk in somewhere and that's there, I'm playing that game. Oh, absolutely, I still do it. They have one at the Salem Willows at the arcade there. Yep. Every time I go there, I play it. Have you checked out the one-up ones, the arcade one-up? I've seen it. I, they're they're smaller though. They're really well. Yeah, they're not actual size. 
Right. So, like, what's the point? It's like a 17-inch LCD screen. It's like, come on now. Can I just load up an emulator on my computer and make it look better than that? Yeah. yeah if you get an X-Arcade stick, you just go for it. Like me. Like I have. Yeah, of course you do, asshole. And they ported that to Nintendo. And when they ported that to Nintendo, they called it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, which, whatever. We loved it. We were so excited to be able to play that game at home on our Nintendo. Yeah, and then, then you're like, well, it's actually not the same thing. No, but they did a pretty good job with it. I mean, it obviously, it didn't have the the superior graphics that they had in the arcade, but it still was awesome to have. You could play two players. Which, for us, is good. A, a big thing for us was games that we could play together. Yeah, so we weren't fighting, you know? Uh, do you remember Fall of the Foot Clan on the Game Boy? I do. Terrible. Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. I can't even believe you brought that up. Well, because that's the next one that I would remember playing. Oh, really? On the Game Boy? I don't. Well, we never had a Game Boy. No, I no, mean, you must have had a friend did. with a Game Boy because our parents were too damn cheap to buy us a Game Boy and a pair of Jordans, which is all I wanted when I was that age. Can I get a Game Boy? I know it was three hundred dollars to have them both back in that day, and for, you know, adjusted for inflation, that's like one point one million dollars. But that's all <laughs> I wanted when I was a kid was a fresh pair of Jays and a Game Boy, and I never got either of them, and it still to this day drives me nuts. I, I mean, could go buy a Game Boy right now. You could. But it wouldn't have the same effect. And you, you could know? still buy those same Jordans. I know. But those are, at least the Game Boy is going to cost me like $40 for an original Game Boy, and the Jordans are going to cost me like $12,000 because people covet them for some reason. Maybe they're more comfortable. I don't know. I never own them. Are they comfortable? You never own a pair of Jordans? Oh, I love Jordans. Yeah, no. I mean, I've, I've had Nikes. I've just never had a pair of Jordans. I've had a pair of Jordans. I've had a few pairs of Jordans. I love them. But that, that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, yeah, they had they had a couple on the Game Boy, didn't they? Or did they just had that one game on the game. I'm pretty sure they released tournament fighters for the Game Boy. Actually, now that I think about it, you want to talk about a travesty? You know what I'm talking about with that game? No, Turtle. What's, you never played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tournament fighters? Is it, it like Clay Fighters? It was on SNES and it was on um, Nintendo and all those systems. It was a one-on-one fighting game with turtles. It was called Tournament Fighters. I can't believe you never played that one. It sucks. You did play it. You just don't I'm remember. I'm sure I played it. I just don't remember. We it played sucks. a lot of video games. After that comes um, TMNT3, the Manhattan Project, which I really enjoy. What was the other one? Turtles in Time. When is Turtles in Time? That come comes out? out after. So after? Okay. Turtle, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, is the last one they released on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it's pretty much the same thing. It's a beat-em-up as uh, TMNT2. And, but it's just a little more polished, a little cooler... I think uh, the signs fall down. I don't remember we were going yeah, to the beach and the signs fall on top. Is of that stuff the one like where that. they did like each like uh, like Raphael had like his weird spin around with the size? Yeah, well, like... you could use your health. That was kind of a big thing in beat 'em up games back then. You could use your health to do a special move. I don't remember if they had them in the first one though, the first arcade game. I'm not sure if they had those specials. No, they're not in the first one. But I remember in um, Turtles in Time they have them. So I'm assuming that at some point between the two of them they sort of And that's the thing too like um, TMNT 2 the arcade game which was released on Nintendo that was a port of an arcade game. Uh, the Manhattan Project which was number three was not. It was just a Nintendo game that was made by Konami for Nintendo. It's a good game. It's a beat-em-up. I mean, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. Moving on we get to more of the 16-bit um, titles and that's when we get Turtles in Time which is also released as an arcade game. Turtles in Time is awesome. Love it. The arcade one is amazing. Super Nintendo one's good too. Yeah, Turtles in Time is the one where you like fight Baxter like on the bridge and everything. Right? Yeah, and you're like skating on. Um... It's like Battle Toads. Yeah, it's got a yeah. total. Well, you know that, that this is the era of beat 'em ups. So there's a million beat 'em up games. Yeah, Aaron's knocking things on the table. Um, this is the era of beat 'em up games, where everything was a beat 'em up or a fighting game. You know, back then. So that with the fighting games 
which is what leads us into Tournament Fighters, which is a shitty game that I refuse to even talk about. But it's worth a lot of money on the Nintendo. Oh, that's why you know about it. Of course I know about it, yes. I remember it, too. It sucked. Um, Genesis had a game as well called the Hyperstone Heist, which is essentially the same kind of a game. Um, but it's, you know, it's Turtles in Time, but not Turtles in Time. This takes place in Manhattan. I don't have any idea. Pizza, pizza. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't a real big Genesis guy. You had the Genesis. I love the Genesis. I mean, the Cop Attack. I mean, I a, lot loved, of, a lot of great games. I but. love the Genesis, okay? And when it came down to it back then, I, I you know, I was I was kind of both of them. I was never, like, on one side, but I would stand with the Genesis because I own the Genesis and you own the Super Nintendo. But, I mean, you know, I love both of those systems so much. Well, I mean, we'll have a whole podcast on that, believe me. After this, we're kind of in the 1996 Kind of around that time is when we're at, right? We could say, screw that, we stopped playing turtle games. Well, you stopped getting turtle games, you know, because like Tournament Fighters, I believe, which is the last one I really remember, was released 95, 96, kind of at the tail end of the, the, the consoles heading into the 32-bit generation. And you get the Turtles movie, which sucks balls. The You know, the Turtles going back in time thing. and um, Turtles in time. So this is around 95, 96. Turtles sucks. Turtles dies. Turtles is dead to everybody. You know, we've moved on. We've moved on to George Clooney Batmans, and we're heading towards, you know, the Matrix and things that maybe are a little bit cooler for us. They're doing live-action turtle things. Oh, this, is, this is when we start getting, like, uh, the, the female the turtle. The female turtle, which is a big thing about Eastman and Laird. They had a big fallout about that because the, the, the company wanted to have a female turtle introduced so they could appeal to more females. Other cartoons like or, or live-action things have um, like Power girls. Rangers. Power Rangers has two girls, and that brings a lot of girls into the fold. That's something the turtles don't really have. So I believe it's Eastman said, you know what, let's just do it because it's all about making more money and you know, let's not let this thing die. And Laird said, no, I kind of like the turtles the way they are. I want to kind of keep them as four. So that was like kind of the point where they started diverging. And I think at some point, not too far thereafter, Eastman sells his share, right? Yeah, to Laird. Sells his share to Laird for, you know, a very... Not probably, enough money. Probably handsome, but nothing compared to what, you know, eventually in time, Laird sells it to Viacom, right? Which is nothing towards what it's worth after what it's he sells it. Right, but he, he sells it for like $40 million $60 million. $60 million, So yeah. he ends up getting $60 million for it, and <laughs> Eastman may have gotten 50, 60 grand. I don't really know. Yeah, who knows? I'm sure it was more than that. Yeah. They, you know, all of, they're still selling toys. It was weird, though. They don't even talk anymore, man. They were... They were awkward at the end of that Toys That Made Us documentary. They, they put them together, Eastman and Laird. Um, Eastman looks like, you know, he's an older guy. Maybe, what is he, late 50s maybe? Mid 50s, late 50s. And Laird looks like he died six or seven years ago. I mean, he looks bad. <laughs> he's, just, he was, he's like eight years older than him or something, Yeah, right? he's eight years older than them, which would put him at... I mean, look, I'm eight years older than you, and look how much older I look. Well, that, that is true. 18 months older than me, not... Years, but yes, I got you. Um, so Actually younger, I just didn't throw that out there. <laughs> what the fuck? A, a couple things that I watched going into this podcast was um, the toys that made us on Netflix, the Turtles episode. I watched Oliver Harper, his retrospective on the movies, which I really enjoy. Those Oliver Harper retrospectives, I think that kid does a really good job yeah, on a, YouTube. He's great. And um, I also watched the Cinemassacre. You know, James Rolfe thing where he goes through the whole cartoon series 
He's, I don't know what that one is. I don't think I've seen that. Well, he's the angry video game nerd. That's what his whole. That's where he comes from. But he's James Rolfe. He's got Cinemassacre. This is like you know YouTube company with a lot of viewers. He's been around for a long time. But he did a whole retrospective on the cartoon, just the cartoon, and it was fascinating. It was about an hour long, and he really delves deep into each season. And he must have watched every single episode. Poor guy. Which is like yikes, dude. <laughs> he probably watched 130 episodes. We probably watched some of them on like double time though. Um, maybe I don't know. He was pretty in depth about just about everything that's going on. We're like, I would be like, I think I'm done by season three, like I said before. Right. Well, I don't need to watch this. No one gives a shit. Exactly. Now let's just breeze through because after that, uh, you get two. It was a reboot in 2003 or something. Um, for the shows, Nickelodeon, something like that. Yeah. This is after yeah. Viacom. I don't know when Viacom even bought the Turtles from Laird, but maybe that was 2008, something like that, a little later. But they got re-released. They made up 2007. They released that movie, the um, the animated one called TMNT. TMNT. Yeah, which I took my son to see. I enjoyed it. What was really cool about Turtles for me, around this time, we're in the early 2000s. I had a child, and I watched him grow up, loving the Turtles just like I did, which was like fascinating to me, you know, because they were still relevant. They kept them relevant in some regard. They had a cartoon. Um, that was on TV again. It was a little bit different, a little more stylized, different kind of animation. Then they came out with um, the TMNT movie, which I believe was about 2007. Really cool. Really enjoyed it. You know, it was a little bit different, but it was still kind of cool. Same kind of characters. That was a cool parallel with my son to kind of do that. Not that I cared about Turtles anymore because I thought the show sucked. I thought the movie sucked. And I thought the characters sucked, but my son liked them. You know what I mean? Well, why wouldn't it? I mean, the same tropes that are there for, for us to be hooked into it are, are still there. I mean, right. That was the, so that's when they do, they switch over to like the 3D animation, that yeah, one. The Shrek looking animation type stuff, yeah. Yeah, I never saw that one. Oh, you never did? Well, you didn't have a seven year old kid, kid at the time, right? Yeah, maybe when maybe if my son ever gets into Ninja Turtles. So they come back and do like a great movie, and I like, here, watch this. Right. Instead, they do like the newest one as far as Batman and the Ninja Turtles together. What the hell is that? I don't know. It seems awesome to me. It's like the perfect fit. <laughs> it just—it's not the right. It's not age appropriate yet for him to watch. Right. And then we get. There's a couple. Don't they do? There's a couple series, right? There's one that's in 2012. There's a series. There's another that comes reboot out. in 2000. No, so I believe there was one that came out in the early 2000s. Um, I don't remember specifically, but I feel like there was because I would watch it with my son. Yeah, there's one that comes out in 03. Yeah, that's the one I'm referring to, right? And then do you have when the movie came out? Was that 07? The movie, you know, I, I can look up the movie. Okay, though. because um, that's about that time. And I didn't care, but my son liked it. My son watched it. And it was cool for me to go out and buy turtle stuff for him when he was a kid, you know? Because I'm all about that. Let me get my son the things I never could have, like a Game Boy. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? TMNT comes out 2007. 2007, yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. It was fun to watch. But it was good to know that they were keeping it relevant. And that's about the time he sells his share to Viacom, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he sells it to Viacom, and then Vi that's where you get your Nickelodeon, um, because Nickelodeon's owned by Viacom. You get that cartoon. Then you get 2012, you get another movie, right? Yep. You get the, um, is that when they did that crappy, the sequel one to the animated one? Yeah, I don't know if I ever even saw that one, now that I think about it. I know they came out with it. This is all, like, because, you know, we know that we're building up to... Michael Bay ruining all our hopes and dreams and coming out with freaking monsters as turtles. Like, dude, we know that turtles are ugly, but you really need to make them look that ugly? Oh, that was terrible. I well, hate those movies. I don't hate anything, but I don't like those movies at all. I hate... There's a few things I hate. This isn't one of them, though. Yeah, but they're just... Oh. 
they just they didn't get the essence of what the turtles were about to me. I don't know. Well, I think that what they tried to do is make it like new and edgy and hip. I mean, if you look at the way that they messed with the characters, like Donatello was always sort of geeky. Now he's like 100% geeky, and you're pretty certain he doesn't even know how to use a bow staff. <laughs> right? True. I mean, he's, he's got like nine sets of glasses that he's wearing. And Megan Fox, come on, really? I know. Yeah, she's not a great actress. No. No, not at all. Um, Will Arnett, though. Love Will Arnett. I love Will Arnett. Um, but the Megan Fox thing, like, how many times are we going to get slow-mo look up on her body? You know what I mean? Okay, great. No more, I hope. Yeah, she's hot. That's awesome. Yeah, she's not April O'Neil. I don't have a lot of good things to say about those movies. I never saw the second one. I oh, barely I saw the watched second the one. first one. The second one's pretty bad. I want them to... I think when it comes to the Turtles in that regard, I want them to come back with Jim Henson looking puppets for me. Come on, give me one more movie like that. One more movie with some practical Jim Henson looking puppets. Maybe even with some CGI. I mean, maybe I can fall in love with CGI again. Well, but I think what you, they did with them in the new ones was not good. That's no, it's, it was terrible. And do yourself a favor and watch Out of the Shadows. Do yourself a favor and never watch Out of the Shadows. Oh no, no, no! Rent it from the library. Don't pay for it. <laughs> Bring it home and watch it because there are some tremendous scenes in there. It literally has. It literally has everything you want in a, a Ninja Turtles movie. Now, the execution is miserably right. bad. Hey. But it's got everything you want. It it's had got, Krang. I saw that, and Krang looked kind of cool. Oh, no, let's run it down. They have Bebop, Rocksteady, Krang. And they look good, too. Bebop and Rocksteady look good, too. Yeah, the animation's not so bad. Yeah. They have Krang. They have the Technodrome, Dimension X. Awesome. Right? Everything that you want. They just you don't want it all in one film. Well, it kind of makes me think of um, like the Mortal Kombat movie. I mean, obviously the first Mortal Kombat movie was actually decent, where the first one of these was terrible. But by the second one, it's like straight fan service. They tried to cram in every single character, and the execution was absolutely horrible on Annihilation. Kind of the same thing here is, is what it seems like you're saying. Did I mention mention Casey Jones? Casey Jones is in it too, so they threw everything in there. Was there a kitchen sink in there? I need to know. Uh, there is. Uh, there's snowboarding. There's snowboarding. There's a turtle van. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Oh, it's great. Check. Let me write this. Okay, yep. Just going to check on that. Okay. The Shredder. Oh, okay. Do we have pizza? Pizza? Dr. Baxman. Ooh. Doctor, Do we Dr. get Baxman Stockman? Yep. Wow, wow. They crammed everything in here. No, they really did. Did they have the neutrinos? No neutrinos, <laughs> unfortunately. Damn. Damn. But um, Carmelo Anthony? One of the best turtles of all time. What, the the hell is, what do they got to do with this? I'm not spoiling the film for you. Oh, they were in it though. Yep. So they didn't have anybody who could actually like was like a star basketball player. They brought in Carmelo Anthony, uh, JJ Redick. Oh, I remember JJ Redick. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Kevin oh, a little white guy. That's what I do remember him. Actually. Kevin Eastman is in this. Oh, what the um... the delivery guy or like a I don't know something like that. Oh, kind of like in the earlier Turtles movies where they had. The guys who played the turtles did cameos. Like one's a yeah, the pizza guy. Game. One's a uh, yeah. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but no Laird. Uh, no, he's no longer part of this. Oh, he's not. Uh, he won't even be a part of it. I don't. I think they asked him to. Well, I would imagine they asked. Well, because I think Eastman started drawing again for them and, and and doing conceptual stuff when the new cartoon came out around two thousand. Well, he needed money. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> I only got sixty grand for that. He got sixty million dollars. Fuck. Right, there's you know he has a nice mansion in Hampton or wherever the hell he lives and. Eastman's like, well, I'm renting mom's apartment again. 
<laughs> it's no longer a Mirage studio. Yeah, it's hey, a <laughs> Mirage house. Yeah, that's too funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I would never see it. Fuck that movie. Fuck Michael Bay. You know? Wow. So you don't want lens flares in your film? Um, I usually actually, I actually like more of a J.J. Abrams when I think of lens flares. When I think of like everything explodes in gigantic explosions, I think of Michael Bay. Oh, there you go. You know, I mean, what Michael Bay did with Transformers, I understand where you're trying to go with this, but I could just take a bunch of metal and put it in a ball and throw it down the street and say Transformers 2. You Great. know what I mean? Since you understand where he was going with it, can you tell me? Because I have no clue. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I thought he was just trying to bang pieces of metal together. Yeah, I think Transformers was, I've mentioned this before in a movie in one of the podcasts where you go and see a movie and walking out you're trying to convince yourself of why you really like thought that was awesome. That's what happened when we saw the first Transformers like, no, 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 that was good. Yeah, no, no, right, remember? Yeah, it wasn't good, man. I mean, it's really like he was watching his kid play with Transformers. You know how he used to play and just sort of bang him together? Yep. And that's what he did. And they're all like halfway transformed because you can't quite figure out how the hell to get it back to a truck or something. Right. And he was like, all right, you know what? That That's that's what they want. That's, that's how kids play with them. That's hilarious. You know, like you'd, you'd have your Transformers figure and you could make them back into a truck, but you couldn't figure out whether there's an arm sticking out of the truck. Like, how does this thing fit in here? Right. And they never did. They, they, you couldn't do it. Right. And a note from earlier when they were making the toys for the turtles, I don't want to forget to say this. They had tails and the tails look like dongs. That's right. all. I want one. I want yeah. one of those pre-production models. Yes, I want, models. The, I want the Mr. Manhattan Turtles guy. Yes, <laughs> that's what I want. A big blue turtle with the blue dong. <laughs> really hung up on that, huh? You know, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I'm hung up on it. All right. <laughs> next week uh, we'll be talking about Mr. Manhattan. Yeah, we're gonna do a whole series of episodes on Mr. Manhattan's dong. Um, well, it'll take that long to talk about. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see what you did there again. <laughs> hung long. That's your new name for the podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I here's the thing, because um, I do want to kind of wrap this up. Turtles to me, and because I like to end these podcasts with what things mean to me, because I think I'm ultra important. Um, but to me, Turtles is something that I enjoy seeing now in pop culture because it's something I grew up with. And to know and and to tell me that, you know what, that was really something that was really cool that you liked when you were a kid because people still like it now. You know, it still has an impact. And the impact it had when we were kids was enormous and the weight was felt, and it really kind of swept us up into our, you know, nine heading into being teenagers. I think, um, I think it's something that's going to stand the test of time as well because it's a great concept and it was it was done really well. And I hope they handle it the right way moving forward. I agree. The same thing. I I love Ninja Turtles. I don't want to watch them now. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not interested really in watching Ninja Turtles now as like a uh, an enjoyment or like a recreational activity. Uh, I do like the fact that that is still around. You know, there there are still a whole generation of people who are attaching themselves to that version of Ninja Turtles. Because whatever it is, it's never going to be the same one that we grew up on. It's always going to be different, so I'm always going to be critical of it, even though the one that we grew up on is probably pretty bad. Who knows? I don't know. I grew up on it, so I'm biased, and I love it. And we still look at it with, like, rose-colored glasses, too. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, can, right. I can ignore so many of the things that are in there just because that's sort of what you do you, you you attach yourself to that version of it and so i try my best to when they come out to never compare them to the way that i feel about something else because it's new to somebody else like if my son comes in and he's like i want to watch this this is awesome and i'm looking at it and the ninja turtles don't have the right colors 
they're using the wrong weapons. Whatever whatever the difference is, I can't be like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, well, I hear you there because I look at the new cartoon and the animation style. I, I just, it, it, oh my goodness, I think it's horrible. But things evolve and things become different things over time. And it's not for me anymore. No, it's no longer for you. Right. It's for a new generation. And it it's something that they'll attach themselves to because the concept is brilliant. You know, right. the idea of four uh, brothers who are ninjas, who are fighting a villain who captured, kidnapped, killed, you know, their master. Yeah, depending on which one you're reading. Right, so whatever iteration it is, whatever their sort of all their origin story is, it's always going to be centered around uh, brothers with different abilities working together to defeat the bad guy, and I love that. I think it's great, and uh, I hope they do more of it. No, I hope they do a better job. Than I hope they do it the right movies. way. Right, yeah, because yeah, the movies are terrible. Michael Bay. What they need is they need someone to sort of come back who has an appreciation for the source material. And who cares about it, you know? I, what, what if I was thinking about it, I think kind of like what J.J. Abrams did with the first Star Trek, you know, reintroduction. Well done. Great. Had reverence for the material that came before it, but had to go in a different direction and make things kind of its own. Really enjoyed that. Don't know what happened in the second movie, but what are you going to do? You know, you can't win them all. Uh, the second one, that's the one about the Clone Wars, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I love turtles. I know you love turtles. I'm glad we got to talk about the turtles today. Oh, it was a good time. I always love talking about things from when we were younger. Um, that being said, I'm going to, uh, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I'm done. Said everything I want to say about Ninja Turtles. Uh, I've been Aaron. He's been, what did we say in the beginning? I am. That guy. Oh, that guy. That's right. Turtle power, baby. Turtle power. Cowabunga. (laughs)